You've now entered the lap of luxury. Prepare your soul for a lavish journey into enlightenment. And uh, one of them just texted me and said, hey, Superbad says, hey. So I was like, what's up? Damn, dude, yeah. It's getting kind of cool now where, like, we know a lot of people in different places and the connections, the networking starting to happen. Like, I always thought yeah. it would be, you know, I mean, for just a minor reason to stay in the Air Force would be so cool because, like, if, you know, when we become, like, a lieutenant colonel or colonel or something like that, and, like, you, the person you went to wherever the FTU with or something is now a group commander or something like that, that would just be, like, yeah. it would just be crazy to, like, have those roots kind of. Yeah. yeah. But the, the tough part is to see who gets too big for the britches. Uh, yeah, when they, get, they get a little, <laughs> we know the answer to that, that one. Yeah, we get a little bit of taste of that power. I, I think it's gonna be weird once you start seeing. Like, I think the first weird moment is when you meet. Well, you saw that they got rid. They're talking about getting rid of the below the zone. Oh, do are they? Yeah. Yep. What, is, what does that mean? Put out gonna... Like, so it's gonna still be similar. Um, from my understanding, I don't really understand all that stuff that well, but the idea is that, um, there's not going to be a criteria for below the zone. Like, so you can be like two below the zone, one below the zone on time or after zone or in zone. And then after zone, I think. So Uh, they're changing the percentages and they're also, I think, getting rid of the identifier for, um, two, one in zone and after zone so that's yeah i'm glad man i mean like it's just longer overdue yeah. with like rehauling the system i mean it's hard to be general goldfield and you know it's well it's easy for me to just to say be like hey just fix the promotion system and like put it inactive tomorrow you know what i mean because if it's a, <laughs> if it's a shit show then like you know it's going to be hard to recover kind of thing you know it's yeah. hard to be like oh we're doing this now we're doing this type of thing but i think there's so many things we've just like um been doing one way for so long and we've never re-looked at them that's that i think that's my biggest issue is just yeah we gotta like refresh ourselves you know and to be fair um in the last what two years they've changed a lot of stuff for promotion so they got rid of the um they changed the prf to two line prfs instead of a bunch uh however many it was i'm not super smart on that uh they changed it so now um i think either masters or techs are they meet the they meet a board instead of having to test that's huge um i think i think it might be techs you don't have to test if you're a tech it's just a board um they got rid of so they're potentially getting rid of the below the zone uh stuff and then there's one other thing i thought of that they did um i know they're doing i know they're doing the um they're trying to put people more into categories. Is that what you're thinking? Maybe like the six categories of like, you know, I think it's like ops, logistics, whatever, whatever, instead of yeah. like all like line of the air force. So it's like everybody except for like medical and like lawyers or Jags or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> that, that that's way you're not like, what I was thinking, but that's 100% true also. But yes, that way you kind of go more against, it's not so much like a, you know, finance, um, managed a billion dollars and then i just like flew sorties so it's like yeah. apples and oranges it's going to be more yeah. like just apples <clears throat> yeah i think it's uh but you look at the end of the day too um and f- as much as people hate to say i mean or i don't hate to say it because uh i'm kind of in the bubble but uh flyers really run the air force just like in the army infantry officers run the army um for the most part um in the navy boat captains run the navy um marines you get infantry officers who run the marines it's just the nature of the game you know um and probably even more so and flyers i'd say pilots and fighter pilots more specifically um but yeah that's who runs it so i don't really know where i was going with that other than just saying (laughs) like it's it's a i guess it's a good, I, I know what I was saying. Basically, it's, it's cool to have the different ones so people, like, you're not getting an, an abundance of flyers who are getting um, command slots and promoted, I guess, faster. But at the end of the day, you know, people who are making, are making 
huger or huger that's not her word bigger decisions are <laughs> still probably gonna still gonna probably fall in the line um with yeah that. <clears throat> and i think it's like it, it's unfortunately kind of like the way it's got to be in the sense of like if you <clears throat> i mean no surprise the air force is here to kill people and break things right <clears throat> and yeah. like that's or you know at least do ops right that's like the whole point of everything yeah you know pretty simply <clears throat> so if you're gonna have somebody in charge of you know the air force then you would want it to be somebody who understands the main mission you know just like you're not gonna have a uh, ops guy be the uh logistics or uh the comm squadron uh commander you know what i mean <laughs> yeah but, well like, but it happens though sometimes well does it though yeah. An ops guy being the comm like, squadron commander? Especially, uh, I think when it comes to becoming like a, like 06, especially, or 05, 06, that happens a lot more often than not, I believe. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. more so I, 06s, but. Sorry, I just meant like, like sometimes their commander's like a major or a uh, yeah, young okay, lieutenant yeah. colonel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That but yeah. Say, yeah. Yeah, like sometimes maybe the mission support group commander or something like that, or obviously the wing commander. And yeah, he's got like that's the time he or she has to like make sure they understand the you know eighty or whatever sixty percent of the rest of the air force or whatever percentage it is, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I would like to question though. I'm sure I'm gonna get flack for this. The uh, validity of pilots being the like majority decision for being the the commanders you know mm. i mean obviously in options or there's more pilots than sizos or wizos or edubs or um nabs but and i and i understand it's like you know especially with a big crew like whatever an rj or something the pilot's kind of in charge of everybody <clears throat> but a lot of times the scissors are the mission commanders right so they're doing the actual mission um decisions so yeah. i don't know i i think we're kind of seeing a shift because i mean like i know in our, our we've seen group commanders uh who are wizos or edubs um mm-hmm. or but like commanders are always pilots and they're always pa- black borders or patches right yeah. like though now we're get, we can really dive into i i will refrain from diving in really tough into this but and I have my own thoughts on this offline, not not good or bad for one way or the other. But I think, um, especially with when it comes to the patch thing, that one I don't really um, that that one makes sense to me because essentially yeah. you're you know you're going you're used to managing high workloads. Um, that's like the nature the nature of the game of weapon school is to be able to figure out how to lead people. Um, and that's just the bottom line. So whether you're leading a crew or a strike package or a large exercise or a unit, you know, it's I, there's similarities between the two. And people who are good patches um, kind of have that figured out. And it's it to me, it makes sense um, why they why they're often are, um, commanders are patches. And that doesn't always have to happen. And the same thing would go for. Um, people who are test pilots too, I think they get a lot of good, uh, good deals too. But um, whether it's right or wrong, um, that's a that's that's for another discussion, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, and the patches thing totally makes sense because just like an ops guy being or a girl being in charge of the air force or something like that, like yeah. high up, it's like if you know they are they understand the. I mean. I guess at that level, you're kind of getting more into the uh, strategy than the, or strategic, you know, than the tactics. But yeah. you want somebody who, like, knows that in depth, especially at, like, maybe a squadron commander, commander level. Command, <clears throat> commander level. But, um, shit. Uh, what was I going to say? Um, okay, I lost, lost it all. It's all gone. Oh. Well, I have a different. I have a question for you, um, different from this. But um, do you want to try to re- regain that one, or we may be lost forever? <laughs> we may be lost uh, forever. If I it's it gone for, uh, hold on, let me think here. <laughs> uh, uh, shit, we were talking about pilots being in charge. What yeah. was your? 
You were talking I about. Just said, I just said patches. Like it makes sense for me. Like to me at least. That oh yeah. A yeah. lot of times patches are the the bosses. We're back in it. So yeah, real quick. Again with the Air Force, like looking at or doing something a certain way, and then like kind of not looking back. I know we talked a lot about the patches should be really the instructors of instructors. And yeah, weapon school is uh, you know. At its like kind of fundamental <clears throat> fundamental level, I suppose it's about leadership, right? But um, they should like I think patches have become more, um, and all of this jargon we're talking about is kind of <laughs> I think we're too far gone to explain it all. But yeah. uh, the patches have become more like the you know the go-to person in the squadron versus the person who's like teaching the or making sure the higher level thinking is like completely accurate. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's so like, it's almost like they are, I mean, I guess they are supposed, you know, it is a leadership school, I suppose, but I think they're, they're too early in their career. Like their tier tier level, they're going into like leadership slash like pro Joe, you know, project officer type, like yeah. le- levels versus being <clears throat> a tactician and like making everybody smarter, you know? Gotcha. I mean? You're saying so, so, so I can get a synopsis. So you're saying the tier one patch is getting now we're really far into it now. But, uh, <laughs> so you're saying the tier one patch, in your opinion, uh, is given like too much power, even if they're so they go to be the flight commander or whatever. But then once they start to become a projo, still as a tier one patch in the squadron, that's too much think they should just kind of stay in that lane, continue to be the instructor, the instructor Yeah. during that think, tier one time. I think maybe even into like um, tier two, you know, just because, uh, and this is just stages of their career for, to briefly explain it, I suppose. But yeah, like they, I mean, as often as they can, they should just be, you know, in the vault, like helping people learn and like, making sure everybody's doing things accurately and building the foundation of the, the knowledge base of the squadron. Right. Yeah. But too often they're like distracted, you know, and this is not their fault or anything, nothing against them, but like they're in charge of like the deployment to red flag or, or, you know, the TY, whatever, or yeah. the uh, going to England or something like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's instead of like being like, Hey, this is how you, uh, you know, make sure your jasm survive or something like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I mean, that's, that's a tough one. Um, there's more. There's more to be said on that one. I think for sure. I think we could probably talk the entire time and about this one at the risk of creating a new Catching Jets episode. Uh, before we get too far gone, I'd like to switch topics, if you will, because hell, we could we need, we could probably invite a couple patches on, newly minted or old and crusty ones as well. Let me uh, let me just say real quick. <clears throat> Today is actually the um, 11th of December, and tomorrow is the patch night for, um, who would this be? I guess 19 Bravo. 19 so, Bravo, yeah. One of my JTACs is, uh, he should be graduating, yeah. Yeah, real quick, that's it's so cool how they do, like, the entire Air Force or whatever. Like, all the, um, what is it, uh, weapon undergrads? Or Wugs. Yeah, yeah Wugs. Upgrade students, I think. Um, how they all, like, kind of come together as opposed to, like, you know, the B-52 does it this way, B-1 does theirs at a different time and all that type of stuff. But, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah go ahead with your uh, question. All right, so uh, imagine, if you will, you, oh, have a sig- you have a significant other. And I think I kind of know this one already. I know what I would say. But imagine you have your, your significant other, or let's say your, I don't know, your cousin has a significant other, and they come up to you and they say, man, um, my significant other cheated on me four times. You're like, oh, man, four times. Would it be worse if it was four times all at once or four separate times Wait a minute. So four. What is four times all at once? Like the same night? Uh, I guess that's one way to look at it too. I I was going for uh like they had like a a five or they just got an orgy. 
Because I guess you could do it all in one night, but I still, like, when if you do it all in one night, is that considered an orgy, too? It's uh, a prolonged one? I don't know. Four separate people. <laughs> no, but, like, I don't, I don't either way, so, it'd be... But... <laughs> um... but either way, it'd be four separate people, um, whether it's over a course of a couple of months or uh, would you rather, like, it be over a course... <laughs> or what's worse, having it be over a couple of months, like, four different people, or just... All at one time, just got. Gang Damn, bang. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what, because I, I would like to say it would be over over um, four months because that's like a con, just like a consistent cheating. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. But but the night thing is kind of a real blow to the um, to the ego type of thing, also. Yeah. I think um, I, I, go ahead. Yeah, I don't know. Ahead. I think the shock factor is the one night. I think the prolonged <laughs> is the uh, the shock and awe, if you will. <laughs> the, uh, the, the line the, the linebacker campaign. Yeah, the linebacker. <laughs> That's linebacker two over Christmas, and <laughs> versus the, the shock and awe is you know day one desert storm coming in for Calcums. Yeah, and the uh, the four months is more like the global war on terror type of thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think yeah, so uh, i think the night thing would be worse i think the night one would be worse yeah. see i think the the you know four people over four months would be worse because that shows a propensity to yeah. cheat versus the one it could like sure they're both bad but in my opinion if they do it one time or like if it's not one sorry one time like one night and it's just a craziness like I, sure i'm gonna be like this is what you do, like one, like four people at one time. Wow! And then at the same time, I'm like, and well, I should say four people at one time, and you because you're cheating. But uh, at least I'm like, oh well, maybe it's just like a one-off thing, and like something really crazy happened. Because it would be, it it almost have to be that there's something out of your character for me to hear that, you know? So, well, but but you're not recovering from either of these, are you? <laughs> you're not <laughs> like th- this is i mean it's like what the fuck okay this is done you know yeah I, like because i hate to um uh, you know i'll hand in my man card i suppose but madison and i watched the um sex in the city movie i think the first one or whatever <laughs> and one of the like one of the girls husbands cheated on her once um hopefully that's the average but <clears throat> They, they were, like, kind of going through the entire movie of, like, what do I do type of thing and all this. And she, like, kind of, you know, uh, moved out and all this type of stuff. But then eventually, um, you know, he kind of showed that he, like, still liked her and it was a mistake. And then she ended up, like, getting back together with him. And I'm like, Is that, I don't know. I don't think I can do – I don't know, man. You know what I mean? It's, like, that kind of – not just does it leave emotional scars, but it's just, yeah, it's how do you trust them again, you know? Yeah. Uh, That's the hardest thing, I think, in relationships when, uh, I I, I think more than anything, it's not the cheating that messes people up, it's the trust after, or the lack of trust after, that really messes uh, the relationship up. Yeah, and I, you know, I guess the old adage is, uh, once a cheater, always a cheater type of thing or something like that, you know? Yeah, um, or people don't change. That's kind of what I, I think. Yeah. And, yeah, I think it would have to be done unless it was like, <clears throat> um, I don't want this to get too complicated, but unless, like, it was like a really one-off situation and, like, you're, I don't know, they were drugged or something. <laughs> yeah. Know. You know like, I mean? it, it, it's one thing if it was like Matt Damon comes out of nowhere and is like, I want to you. And they're like, okay. You know, or they like finally get talked into it. You're like, oh, well, it's Matt Damon. Not to say that's, I mean, that's not really a hall pass, but because you can't really still, you still can't really give them the credit. But it's at least it's something that you could say <laughs> almost worthwhile. <laughs> that's like the whole second order. Um... What was that podcast we had? Second order effects of stardom, whatever. Yeah, it's like the whole celebrity thing. Like, even if they're like they look just like somebody else, the the whole celebrity status just like ups the ante, you know? Yeah, yeah. 
It's really odd how that happens. They're just a, you know, it's just another person in in all actuality. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just really odd. But <laughs> what? This is uh, I like that. That was more towards uh the retro retro yeah. cast there. Um, yeah. do you have anything else on that? On that one, no. I got a lot of retro stuff though. But go ahead. <laughs> if you got something. Oh yes. Uh, so <laughs> maybe this is more, uh, or not as heavy, but I know you brought up, I think what we were talking about, was it on a podcast? I can't remember, but, uh, how Jerry Seinfeld said, you can tell a lot about a man by his wife, car and shoes. Yes. Yeah. I, that was the, that was the quote. We brought it up a couple of episodes ago and I couldn't remember it. Um, but yeah. What do you, okay. he said you you can judge a man <laughs> they, they say you can judge a man by his wife his car or his shoes and then he has he said something else about it um i can't remember what exactly but or but, do you have the exact quote i thought that was it because i saw the video but maybe he like i think the it was just a clip so it didn't like go into the whole thing but what what do you see with each facet of that like um like i guess maybe his wife would be like is he just superficial or is he like more personality or is it like kind of, is she balancing him out type of thing? Shoes? I don't know. I mean, maybe like flashy or not type of thing. Is he like, um, kind of using it, uh, you know, like, is it a good shoe where he can walk around a lot with it? Or is it kind of more like a sit down and do something and then, you know, take it, you know, you're, you can't, it's not for endurance, I suppose. And then car, I guess, would also be like kind of flashy or like, is it uh, prudent, I suppose? Yeah, I think uh, so. I have a little bit of something on every one of those. So like you and it, and it, each of them is more complex. It's not just like a, a passing, like take a look at them and say, yeah. OK, um, sure. There's always that. Um, but like, for instance, like if you're talking about like um, you can tell somebody by their uh, their wife. Um, if they're a, like, if they're a good wife or if they're just, you know, like kind of like a trophy wife, they can see, like, if you're a trophy wife or she's a trophy wife, you know what the person probably cares about. But if it's actually, you know, like, uh, I hate to say like not homemaker, but, um, uh, but somebody who genuinely that cares about people, other people, um, and is just not the stereotypical, again, trophy wife, then that says something about what you value, um, as a husband, you know, or other wife, um. Same thing for when it comes to your car. Um, if you just drive a car, like, so let's say you have a Ferrari. People are like, oh, you got, this guy might have money. But if you have, like, it, if it looks like trash, you know, you're like, oh, this guy's got money. Or if it looks like garbage and this guy, um, he bought the Ferrari, then you're like, oh, he just has money to buy this Ferrari and he doesn't take care of it, you know. Or maybe he has an older, he might have, like, a retro car, like, even, like, a, Let's just say, like you know, a uh, uh, a '68 Camaro uh, Z28, and people are like, oh, and and it's in really good condition. You're like, this guy, he appreciates. Like, it's it's not too bougie, but at the same time, this guy, like you know, he cares about his car. He has a he has a finesse to him, if you will. Uh, and then same thing for shoes. You know, like we talked about with Speed and Hannah. He said, she said, you remember, she knows shoes right away. And I've heard that from multiple women as well. Um, if somebody's just rock, walking around in, you know, old busted up, you know, running shoes, somebody's like probably looks at him and is like, uh, this guy doesn't really maybe he doesn't take care of himself. Or somebody might say this guy doesn't really care about what other people think. He, he's all about the functionality. You know, um, there's like that's when, and when we say there's a lot you can tell about a man from his wife, car and shoes. That's what I mean. It's no like one answer. Like it's either he's rich or he's poor or he's either um, stuck up or he's not. He's either petty or, you know, whatever. I mean, you look at me uh, from this podcast, you know, I'm a petty guy. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but at the same time, you know, you look at there's a there's so many dimensions because you can look at somebody and tell um, a bunch of stuff about them. And it's not just one thing, good or bad. It's just an observation. Yeah, and I now that now that you say the thing about the shoes, I forgot about that like fact. I think it or I think it's a fact that 
like people notice your shoes like as one of the first things almost which is kind of why is it so like distinctive you know i guess i don't know maybe everything else kind of blends in but the shoes kind of because you could wear different shoes with any like they can work with different outfits i suppose and there's so many different flavors of them i guess whereas like a shirt is like is it cold outside or hot? And then you mm-hmm. do it accordingly kind of thing, you know? I don't know. I yeah. suppose they, they, yeah, they can have more character to them than, like, a shirt, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I was, I'm like, sorry, I'm, because I was trying to, I was trying to find the, uh, the quote that he, had, what he that he said. Um, you still there? Can you hear me? yeah. Maybe I should, uh, you want me to go over a quick pet peeve? Yeah. I fucking hate it when people park on the side of the road, but they're still in a lane. What do you mean? Like, let's just say there's like a two lane, like kind of residential road kind of thing where like you're, you're going by, but there's like houses or something and people park on their, like, they have like room in the driveway or something like that. And they park on the side of the road uh and they're yeah. like they're in the middle of a lane so now you only have one <laughs> lane you know yeah what I mean? or then like what drives me even more crazy is when two people do it on opposite sides of the road <laughs> like dude come on think about this somebody's driving their big ass truck they can't get through here or you want them to scrape your car up come on yeah and that's what unfortunately my fucking like the I have a, i'm in a cul-de-sac and the the kind of inlet or outlet to it. There's this beat. There's this broken down fucking Mustang that's been there for however long that never moves. And then if another guy parks on the other side, it's automatically a fucking sandwich. And it's like fuck, you know. Yeah. So though, so here's the quote from from Jerry Seinfeld, and I quote: "They say you can tell a lot about a man by his wife, his car, and his shoes." With those three things, that can tell you all you want to know about a man. So, I think it's an amalgamation of all three. You can learn. You can learn a lot about about what that type of, what type of person that man is, or I guess you could probably. I, mean, I don't know if I'd go as far as say a woman, but um, yeah. Yeah, I wonder how women get judged. Maybe like purse, <laughs> shoes, shoes. Are in you judging? <laughs> Boyfriend. Are you judging? A, I'm not judging a woman on her purse. Hell, I don't give a shit. I can't. That's what. That's one <laughs> well, of those things that women. I think, guess I maybe say, I, it's probably other women. Yeah, that's what I should say. Like, because are women judging us in our car? I don't know. I think so. Well, yeah, I guess they are. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think I think they're judging. I think women judge you on all three of those things. Uh, yeah, that's an A for. To be honest. But like that's so that's so odd that so we as men can be judged by women and men on that specific subject. But I guess I mean you could judge a woman by something similar, uh, but guys don't. We're just like, eh, nah. That's like your purse, your outfit is not like, nah. Yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna change my mind because of that on you basically. I don't know. That's a tough one because it's like. <clears throat> Guys, for the most part, are, like, a little bit more black and white mm. in the sense of, like, oh, this guy's a fucking clown or a bum or whatever. <laughs> he's a bum! <laughs> but, or he's, like, cool, you know. Uh, but going in depth now with, like, uh, car shoes and wife is uh, is making us seem like we're articulating it a little bit more. <clears throat> so, yeah, I wonder what... Uh, we got we got to have like uh, what Joe Rogan has with Jamie. We got to have the uh, a girl who could just like, well, she should always be like maybe a member, but like jump in, especially when like these things come up. But yeah, uh, I'll try to ask Madison her opinion on that. But so if it's shoes, cars, and wife, what if you don't have a wife? Are you already? I uh, guess the other the other ones just get weighed more heavily, huh? Maybe that's a good point. Uh, I'd say it'd probably be like you could probably say girlfriend, or if you don't have a girlfriend, then uh, probably like whoever. If you're if you go out like in this scenario, if you go out with a chick or 
you take you're introducing them to somebody you're dating or yeah probably just if you weigh them more heavily or maybe it's who you're attracted to i don't know yeah i think this is kind of like the um and jerry's a little bit older now i think he's kind of talking <laughs> you know i think he's kind of talking about the person who's probably in their 30 their their mid to late 30s and into their 40s not older basically from mid mid to late 30s and up uh, yeah and those things too say a lot about like unfortunately like the midlife crisis type situation too yeah you know Again, like you can judge a, you can judge a man it tells a lot about him whether yeah. it's midlife crisis or not yeah I'm, I gotta I gotta keep that in my matrix now <laughs> I think that's a great quote I I, I want to say I run like a uh I try to keep a quote book, if you will, and I think that I think I got that one in a, in a book somewhere. It's, I, I think that's, I I really think that's a good way to look at it, and not to say that you have to, and and really, is this isn't one of those things where you have to change your whole, you know, perspective, like or your whole look. Oh, I got to make sure my shoes are right. I got to make sure my house is, or my wife is right. I got to make sure my car is right. No, it's just saying this is something you can look at somebody and. You, that can tell you a lot about that person. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you got something, or you want me to go? I know that was kind of it was a little bit of a joint operation on that one, but no, I uh, <clears throat> yeah, I, I guess I got something quick. It's just a funny kind of anecdote or uh, uh, comment on life. Okay. It's like it's like impossible to get someone to delay looking at something, you know, like. If if I told you like, hey, don't look, but um, <laughs> there's there's something happening at five o'clock, you you would like immediately look. You know what I mean? Like, no one's ever not looking. You know? Yeah. It takes it takes uh, a lot of not gusto restraint. But, uh, yeah, it takes a lot of restraint. So gusto, like, dude. Dude, <laughs> dude. There you got you got a chick super hot behind you. Five o'clock, moving to six, and you're like, you people just want to look. They just want to snap their head right around, like, dude, come on, man. Yeah. You gotta have a little bit of essay, like, hey, figure out a way to do this. And then, and what's crazy is people always tell you, or you tell people, like, okay, don't look. You preface it, do not look right now, and people will still look immediately. Oh shit, that never, that fucking never fails. It's like death taxes, and people always look. <laughs> oh <laughs> uh, shit so um i have a bit of a oh god uh, that's not this is anything crazy uh but i have a bit of a bone to pick with another podcast not really a bone to pick but um i wanted to actually ask jasmine because i think he listened to the same podcast but uh, man if somebody uh if somebody copied us that'd be like the greatest fucking compliment oh. of all time Yes, you know, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. That's right. <laughs> uh, so this podcast, and I've mentioned it before on the show, it's called the Fighter Pilot Podcast. And <laughs> for the month of December, they're doing – it's kind of like it's kind of like how we could probably envision catching jets would be in a certain form or fashion. Uh, a lot more technical, though. Uh, anyways – uh, so December for this guy is bomber month. Okay. So yesterday or a couple of days ago, he released, you guessed it, the episode on the B 52. Oh my God. And I'm like, okay. I was like, I got to tune in. And then I see who they have. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, so let me preface this. Okay. So th- this guy, uh, he's had a lot of people on the show uh, tons of pe- tons of people. Um, just about every fighter, or even some non-fighter aircraft that you can think of. He's had F-18 pilots. He's had F-16 pilots, F-22, F-35 pilots. Guy who's flown multiple of them. A-10. He's had FAC A's. Um, and I'm throwing a lot of acronyms out there. Just go with it. Uh, for us, he's had. Um, Guys who spent time both being a FAC A and a JTAC. He's had guys who are, you know, uh, just all kinds of guys. And these are all, like, you know, pilots who stepped on. So I'm like, B-52, okay, he's a this guy is a pilot. He's probably going to pick a B-52 pilot. You know, a little bit bitter, but no big deal, whatever. Like, 
I'm thinking, you know, at least he's going to get, like, maybe just a crew member. This guy, he gets a flight test engineer. Oh, my God. To do this. Now, I will say that this flight test engineer did a phenomenal job and actually had a ton of knowledge about the B-52 history and just crew position. Like, he was naming off, like, some of our regs. He was like... He's like, uh, and and he, I, I guess he hasn't flown the buff in, in ages. But he was like, they like the the host asked, you know, for instance, like, uh, for the uh, downward facing injection seats, how how high do you got to be for those work? He's like, ah, if I remember correctly, it's like 250 feet or something. I was like, damn, that's pretty good. Uh, he remembered <laughs> like, you remember the ejection sequence, um, for like non-emergency bailouts, and I was like, I'll tell you what, man. Most buff people don't know that ejection sequence, so that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I only know it once a year when I need to, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? So, anyways, he had a lot of good information, but like he was, they asked him, was like, hey, uh, so tell me what it's like to fly this thing. And he's like, well, I've only had a handful of hours actually flying it. I just compare it to like when I'm, I'm a general aviation pilot. I'm like, dude, you're missing out on a whole opportunity. Like, you could easily, and here's the thing. So, I thought the problem might be, um, maybe he wanted like people who retired. Well, that's not the case because he's talked to like active, um, like one of the guys was an active Navy pilot. I said he could have found so many people, uh, just put a call out out there, you know, um, to get three people. You can get a pilot, a nav and an E-dub all like just to get on a phone call or like meet him somewhere. I guarantee you because uh, he could have met him anywhere. There, there. I guarantee you there's one somewhere that's speaking on hell. They could have came found us, you know. So my bone to pick is that they got a flight engineer, a flight test engineer, to speak on the B-52 instead of getting an actual, you know, a combat crew member. So I was a little bit perturbed about that. Yeah, I will say I got some recent love for them since I uh, work with them a little bit more closely now. But uh yeah, I wonder if that was just like maybe he had a con or a connection with them or something like that versus he didn't actually have like a buff guy or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think he, I think that's what it was. Um, but here's the thing though is, so I think the guy's an airline pilot and like that to me that makes sense. Oh, like you randomly run into somebody here, there, and you know as they're as they're flying, like, oh, I'd love to have you on my podcast. Blah 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 blah. There you go. Um, but the guy he had, he's just like, like a general aviation pilot. Again, not to shortchange him. This dude is super smart. Just listening to him. He's wrote books. He's dude's dude's incredible. And he did, he did like, he did the B-52 justice, but I think, I think the B-52 podcast could have been a lot better because like one of the other ones they were talking to, they, um, like they asked, they had like combat stories. They'd be like, oh yeah, we did this, that, and the other, but the guys never had any combat. He just basically... It's just telling them kind of, oh, this is what it's like to fly, you know, it gives the history, which is not bad, but um, yeah. And then to cap it all off, like all <laughs> these guys on the show have a call sign and they're like, okay, what's your call sign? The guy's call sign is, um, I, I can't, I can't remember the guy's call sign. It was, <laughs> it, it, it was something like, oh, 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 his call sign was prime time. You're like, oh, how did you get the, how did you get that call sign prime time? And then he's like, well, actually, I didn't even get it when I was in the military. And I just slapped my head. I was like, you got to be shitting me. <laughs> like, he, he he earned it, like, after, like, as he was just, like, just doing, like, a straight-up engineering job, you know, uh, after he was done with the Air Force. I was like, man, this guy doesn't even have a real call sign. Ain't that some shit? But, <laughs> Ain't that some shit? <laughs> uh, I'm off my soapbox. Uh, I'm going to write I'm gonna write a letter to the guy, the the – the the host of this podcast is it really is a good cop podcast i like it i'm not a fighter pot and i enjoy the hell out of it um, yeah he could uh we could have a little connection there that do would a, like, a little cross flow i suppose i think that would be a good option you know if he's ever flying into wherever we're at like, I, I feel like you could dude if he, even if he flew down to louisiana like i think between us we could probably get some knowledgeable people to stand in there like you got connections there like you get you literally could get anybody to go down there um somebody who's knowledgeable we're not going to pick certain people uh, i won't call them out by name <laughs> but uh, <laughs> some people are a little bit more or less personable but yeah that's my gripe on that one so uh what else you got 
Um, how much would I have to pay you to for like Monday through Friday, uh, for like a working day, just stare at a wall and do nothing else? <laughs> oh man, uh, I can't even think. Uh, so even... like, there's one podcast that has like a cool, or I saw something on the internet about like a million dollars butt kind of thing. And this is kind of, I guess, one of those situations. Like, you get a million dollars, but every day at work, like, your work is, um, let's say, like, 8 to 11, and then you get lunch, and then, like, 12 to 4 or 5 p.m. Every day, you have to just come in, sit down, and stare at a wall. And you can't be on your phone or anything else. Mm. And then, you like, you get however much money it is per day, and then, like, you get, like, a million dollars a year. But Man. that's what like is the money worth it at that point? To is me, the, no. I don't think I could. It's worth the squeeze. Dude, the juice is not worth the squeeze. I'm not squeezing that thing for nothing. Uh, and either it's either you work like a year or you don't work it. Like you can't do like three days or something like that. Yeah, you have to. You have to stick to it. Man, for me, to, if you put a time frame on it, a year, um, I. Say it have to be uh, a couple million dollars, if not more, because like that's time. That's literally time I'm not getting back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you, like you're not getting it back. You just stared at a wall. My only what the only way I would say I could like one other way I could do that is if I had like a basically a year sabbatical um, or a couple years sabbatical where I could try to learn a bunch of other things or like I could become like a monk, you know, and I could just kind of perfect just getting like just staring at the wall and thinking through things, you know, give me pro like if on my spare time, for instance, on my spare time, you say, I need you, like you give me a really complex problem. And I do not like right before. So like you work for the, those like six hours that you're working for, or we'll just say it's an eight hour day. And then my eight hours is over. And then I go home and I have like four hours. Somebody is briefing me on this really complex problem that then I would say is a little different story because then I'd be actively thinking while I'm doing it. What kills me is not being able to think. So what if <clears throat> this is not related to your point, but, what if you were in a soundproof box and the like Indy 500 was happening behind you, but you couldn't watch it? And I knew the Indy 500 was <laughs> behind me. Yeah, or like something you really wanted to watch, like I don't know, somebody working on like a Corvette or something, like the master mechanic or something like that, building an engine, but you had to look away from him and you couldn't like hear or anything. And you couldn't, like, if you turn back, you're losing the money. You lose it instantly. Yeah. Even if you're on day <laughs> 364. Yep. Oh, the temptation. I don't think I'd like, I don't think I'd make it. <laughs> <laughs> it. Like, I don't think there's any way, like, for me, again, I think I've talked about the podcast. Money, like, maybe it's because I have a little bit of my, or enough money to survive on. Um, but money is not a deal breaker for me. I, I, it, it's just not one of those things that like, there's not, there's not really a whole lot of money that you can convince me to actually do something, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if we talked about it with drag, but <clears throat> yeah, it's true. Money's time. Right. So especially like we're kind of blessed to have, uh, you know, we make a pretty decent amount. So you got to really think like, However much you get paid, that's or whatever you think your time is worth, that's how much you should pay for convenience, right? So like, <clears throat> let's just say you th like you know maybe the average is kind of like ten dollars an hour. So if you could spend thirty dollars and uh, or maybe even like less, like twenty seven dollars, and save yourself three hours, then that's like kind of a no brainer, right? You know, as opposed yeah, to like yeah, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah, you know, it's yeah somebody. Hodor, actually, one of my friends, he, a uh, uh, fellow buff guy, but he, he, he kind of brought that up to me, uh, you know, thinking about, thinking about money that way. You know yeah, what I mean? I've, he I've heard that, uh, that idea before somewhere, but I forgot until you just mentioned it. That's a really good way to look at it. 
Yeah, and even, I mean, not like looking too analytical into it, but I mean, just like, I don't know what else. I mean, I heard something recently about they, I, I think they got rid of this, but a few years ago they had an idea of you could pay to basically get like um, VIP service at an uh, airport. So I think the average person walks like 1,500 steps to go get from like the entrance to their plane, but you uh-huh. could take like seven steps or something. Like they would like drive you up to the fucking jet or something like that yeah. and like take all your luggage and stuff like that. So <laughs> that's another Very thing. Cool. Like imagine all that time you save, you know? Yeah, do you, but like so when I I like walking. I'm I'm the type of person when I go to the airport, I avoid like taking the trams. I like to walk the entire time, provided I have the time. Um, yeah, me too. Actually, that brings up uh, that's a perfect segue to my question. So I was thinking about <laughs> we should we should have a segment where it's like we like kind of like we what we did with that Amazon underwear thing. And if you haven't listened to it, listen to our uh, previous podcast, but uh, where we like talk about something, but we like research it on the spot type of thing. You know? <laughs> but so I've heard two do different you got, numbers. You want to do that right now? Yeah. So here, here it is. So there's two, I've heard two different numbers for how many steps you're supposed to get a day. I've heard 6,000 and 10,000. So what's the difference? And really, how realistic is it to get fucking 10,000 steps a day? That's 10, so, well, okay, go ahead. Well, yeah, I've looked it up before to, I think this is where you're going and it's like five miles because you think about your what? step is, yeah, exactly. So you, you think your step is like, uh, like I think they, they estimate it to be like two or three feet, Newcomb. So, you know, that basically adds up to five miles, roughly, yeah. roughly. I'm going to say no, I'm going to say no dog. Uh, <laughs> think about it like this, right? So your 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 pace and cadence and distance of stride or stride length changes throughout the day. So exactly. like I can go around my house. Like so you're taking like you're taking baby steps and that's a step. It's gonna count a step. So if you're let's say you're just walking down the hall, you know, you might or you might stop and then kind of rock back and forth as you're talking. You're moving your hands depending on where the step counter is at. And this this whole time is counting steps. So I don't think sure okay let's if you're talking about straight up walking everywhere like you know you're you're either going to be sitting in your chair or you're going to be walking around you're not going to be standing up anytime in between and you're always going to be going from point A to point B then I would buy the 5 mile but and I still probably say like you're taking baby steps um yeah I, is that a thing Yeah so I looked it up I mean, I you know obviously we gotta do more research on the spot here, but <laughs> but in 2014 it said uh, NPR said forget 10,000 steps for happy knees 6,000 will do it. But then like I really like that little Google thing that um kind of pops up like your answer like really quickly kind of thing from an article. Yeah. It said like I think for every thousand step you walk extra a day you reduce your I think it's like heart health or something you get you know, gain heart health by like 16%. I don't know where all these numbers are coming from, but um, I think that's, maybe that's what it is. Maybe like 10,000 is optimal, I suppose, but 6,000 kind of is like your baseline. So what's, what's interesting about this, man, this is, I'm branching off in all different directions here. (laughs) These, these could all be separate topics, but uh, me getting a smartwatch made me realize how little steps I get a day, you know? Yeah. Like I think, I think if I did, ju- I mean, and my job is a little bit more sitting down than I think uh, I usually would do uh, or previous times, but uh, I think I only get like 2,000 steps a day, maybe. Really? Yeah. Which is pretty bad. So now I've, um, this is definitely not bragging because I, uh, I've only recently started doing this and I got got to get better about it, but. I've started working out afterward or, you know, even before, but I kind of used the 10,000 step metric to try to, you know, make sure I exercise enough. <clears throat> yeah, so, exactly. So I either like, that's the main benefit. Yeah. I'll either like run or run. Uh, well, I'll basically run and walk as best as I can try to run more, but try to get to that 10,000 before I go home. Yeah. The other day it was, it was 2am. It was, uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. 
but that that does i mean yeah it's like 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 you said like i enjoy walking too just you know just for the exercise and um actually i came up with an idea today let me know what you think about this sorry okay. i'm uh going into Go all different directions here but dude you, you you've been staring at a wall dude you got a lot of <laughs> Basically, when I uh, when I run, I told, I told you, dude. I just fucking, I, dude. We have to have a podcast with, with me running, man. I we would fucking, or maybe both of us. Like I think we would just produce gold. But and also, <laughs> we, we when it. I drive, do you, have you ever? Do you, does this happen to you too? It's almost like shower thoughts. It's like crazy. I just think of this like it seems like good shit at least. And then I'm driving, so I can't write it down. You know, it's it's almost like a fucking punishment. Yeah. So okay. Um, yes, that. <laughs> yes, that happens to me. Uh oh. It happens to me a lot. Uh, cause I, I actually kind of like driving. Uh, yeah, especially it's very, like it's very tranquil. The- I kind of turn my brain off, which is probably dangerous, but. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when you're, it ha- what happens to me is it's on the way into work, and like I have my mind's firing a lot, firing on like all cylinders basically, um, and I found that if my brain is engaged, that's when I can stay awake longer. Um, so I, I, that's why I used to. Uh, I'm kind of getting off topic, but the to stick the landing, as you will, because I know I, I don't do a do a good job of this. I'll come back to the stick the landing part. I don't do a good job of sticking the landing, but um, yes, I do have a lot of thoughts kind of like shower thoughts when i'm driving that being said um what i used to do to stay awake is i would freestyle rap uh to myself they'd be terrible freestyles but it would get my brain engaged and then eventually i'd stop and i'd just keep thinking about just random stuff and uh yeah that's well that's the thing is like you kind of have to like you can't just be all of a sudden good at freestyling right like you have that's one of those things you have to like constantly do and you're gonna be shitty I mean, everybody's a beginner at one point, right? Obviously, but yeah. Um, so real quick, the idea is because some people have these ideas of like during meetings they uh, stand so that you know if you say like, hey, this meeting is only going to go 15 minutes and then we're going to go home. That way, like if you're standing, people don't <clears throat> may not may be less or more hesitant to like bring up just bullshit or something like that, you know, because everybody's kind of like slightly uncomfortable, I, su- I suppose. But what if so you I've seen these like treadmills where they're like very portable, like you could fit them under your couch kind of thing. And then yeah. they kind of like fold up and it's just like the bottom part. What if everybody had that and they were just around a table? And so you're all walking, but you were like just talking to each other. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a good. Idea. Oh, sorry. Before I attack that, um, it's real quick. A solution to your forgetting things and you're driving. Just record. Like, do you ever record your your thoughts just like say it into your phone and have it save as a yeah i do and actually uh amazon came up with a cool thing the uh the echo auto i think it's called um i'm I'm sure other people have it too but it's like kind of a voice assistant that you could just put on your air vents and that way you don't have to like grab your phone and like go to the voice gotcha voice memo and that type of stuff but yeah okay but uh on the uh treadmill thing i think that would be good and bad i think it would be good for people who uh who think well when they're do when they're on their feet but people who so there's some people who they don't they can't think when they are moving or when they're doing like activities especially if they're not in the best shape you know even if they're going like one mile per hour half a mile per hour they're not be they're not really able to think and that happens to me sometimes too and i think i'm in pretty good shape like I have a, I have one of those stand-up desks, and I was kind of against it, but I've kind of embraced it because it does. It's kind of nice because we'll, I work out during work, and coming back and being able to stand up, I feel like helps me a little bit better. But there's times like when I'm nugging out on a, a like just some queep, like I have to take a seat or else I, I can't think. It was like I'll think so, like in the morning I think better on my feet, but in the afternoon. I do better like when I have to really go in depth. Like if I'm like writing somebody's bullets, and I have to really get creative, I have to sit down and just like stare at it versus standing up. And I, it's not, it doesn't really flow as well. So I think it could be good and bad for people. Yeah, I was thinking about it like, when I guess to go further into the idea, I was thinking like, yeah, maybe people could like pause it or something if they needed to, because I could imagine if everybody's like 
facing different directions and then they have to face one way to look at the presentation like somebody's gonna fall <laughs> <laughs> for sure everybody else is going to like one to two miles per hour you got one guy just hauling ass at like six miles per hour during this yeah. meeting just sweating and it's like he's like too you he makes too much noise and then it's like uh gary can Okay, are you hearing what we're saying? He's like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm in it. I'm in it. I'm in the zone. He's got like, like he's got his TPS report soaking wet underneath him. Um, but another thing is, I, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna pull the trigger on this one. So you can get like this little exercise bike type type thing that you put under your desk, and so you could basically just be, be like, it's just like the pedals essentially. I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, you could just be pedaling all day, and it, apparently it's pretty quiet too. So I think it's a good way to like work out while you're, you know, if you're sitting all day like most people are. That's like an easy calorie burner. Like you probably won't burn that many over a day, but even just increasing, you know, we'll just say like 300 calories per day, is, that's gonna be a game changer, you know? Yeah, it's some. I mean, at the worst part, it's something versus nothing, right? So exactly. As long, I think as long as you don't say, like, oh, I pedaled all day. I'm not going to work out now, you know? I think yeah. Be okay. Like, if you're planning on working out, like, ah, oh, man, I'm just tired. Like, I think the, I think the so here's me kind of getting on my soapbox again. I think the most important part about working out isn't the physical. Like, it doesn't matter what you do. I don't care if your activity is LARPing. If it's playing board, <laughs> if it's doing CrossFit, if it's playing basketball, I don't care what it is. I think the, benef- the, the biggest benefit you get from physical activity is when you do it when you don't want to because you know you should. Um, because there's like no matter who you are, no matter how much you like whatever activity, there's certain days where you just don't feel like doing it and you know you should. And just the mental activity of and building that intestinal and mental fortitude to do something that you know you should, even though you don't, even though you don't want to or you don't feel like it, I think that pays uh, pays dividends. Yeah, if you ever want to feel like a piece of shit, <clears throat> uh, look up like Joe Rogan. Uh, I don't know if I talked about this before. Joe Rogan, Jesse Eisler, or whatever I can't remember his name. He. Uh, <sighs> I forget what he's famous for, but he spent 30 days with this Navy SEAL, David Goggins. Yeah, I heard that one, yeah. Yeah, and this David Goggins is just this intense fuck, dude. Oh, my God. I mean, you could even just look up YouTube videos of him. And one of my favorite things that he says is when he did Navy SEAL training, you know, they got their ass kicked by, like, PT during that day. And then at night, uh, he was going to the gym when other people were, like, going – to i don't know eat or something like that and he, they're like why are you going to the gym he's like who's going to carry the boats and the logs <laughs> so, <laughs> so sometimes when he works out he just starts yelling that and like, i always think about that and i think um with that guy he lived with for 30 days he he would wake him up at like 4 a.m by just like going over to him and whispering wake up motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> so i always think about that when i'm like you know i don't want to get out of bed type of thing yeah <clears throat> uh, uh, you want like I, I'll tell you one thing that I don't listen to it, but uh, Skid told me about this, and I love it. I don't ever like it's not my phone alarm, but I think it's a great phone alarm if I was to have one. It's um look up the Jocko wake up. Uh, oh, this should be good. It's it's really good. Uh, I'm, let me see if I can. I might just pull it up on my phone and play it uh, for the for the people. <laughs> um go ahead though if you got uh something it does he talk about i like his quote that uh your excuses are lies you know what i mean i never like, heard that it's a good one like he talks about it and so does um goggins where they just say like you know you do whatever you want so like if you say oh i'm gonna go for a run today and then you look outside and it's like slightly raining you're like ah i guess i can't make it you know what i mean like yeah. all these excuses are just lies to make yourself kind of like feel better about it you know yeah i think i got it so i'm gonna give you about 10 seconds to get up <laughs> get one two three 
four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay? If you're up and you're now ready to get after it, you can go ahead and shut this off. You won. You can proceed on to go get stronger and faster and better. But if you are still actually lying in bed, then I can't stop right now. You have to keep listening. I need to tell you about the mistake that you are making. I need to tell you what you will feel like later in the day. You will feel weak. You will feel groggy. You're going to feel like a loser. Like a person that fell short. That failed the first test of the day. All you had to do was get up, get out of bed. Instead, you stayed in that warm bed and squandered the opportunity to train and to get better. And that will be a downward spiral for your day. Undisciplined and weak. Or... Instead, you can get up, get out of bed, go splash some water on your face, and then do 10 burpees. Just just 10 burpees right now to get your blood flowing. It goes on like that for uh, a couple more minutes, <laughs> but, or after another minute. But I thought, like, to listen to that, you're like, just... It's nothing like crazy motivational, but I like his voice. And he's just like, splash some water on your face. <laughs> or just, or he's like, you're, let me tell you how your day's going to go. It's going to be a downward spiral, all because you didn't get up. Yeah. And I mean, like, to touch on that, everybody knows that, you know, or later we know that. You know, if you want to wake up at 7.30, your alarm goes off. You're like, oh, let me just sleep like 10 more minutes. It's like, you ain't going to, nothing's going to get improved by that. You know what I mean? You might as well just get your ass out of bed. 10 minutes is, you gain nothing by sleeping an extra 10 minutes. You You gain zero, zero by sleeping an extra 10 minutes. If you had seven hours of sleep, seven hours and 10 minutes is going to do nothing. Yeah. If you're now if you're, if you're talking about like you slept for an hour, ten extra minutes might be something. But if you're sleeping for eight hours a night and you're gonna sleep for an extra ten, just you just might as well just get up, man. Just do it. Yeah, and again, that's that's one of those things. Maybe we're getting a little bit uh, deep into it, but uh, it's like, what, what do you you got to think about what you want, right? Like, if you want to get you know stronger or lose weight or something like that. You got to get to bed at, you know, nine to wake up at whatever, five or six or something instead of like doing whatever you're going to do and be like, oh, I'm going to get up at five and you go to bed at like 11. You know what I mean? It's like probably not going to happen, man. You know? Exactly. You got to you got to show that you got to live your life the way you actually want your goal, like prioritize instead of, yeah. you know, just thinking that you're going to be able to do it type of thing. Unless you can. I don't know. But no, no, I wholeheartedly agree. Uh, I think it's about time, honestly. Um, unless you got something else burning that you want to discuss. Yeah, I think it is time. Um, I think in the future I got some more stuff with, but this would take longer. So, like maybe uh, morning routines and stuff like that. So, if you're listening to this now, maybe send us your uh, questions or what your morning routine is like, and yes, maybe how that, maybe how that leads you to success. <clears throat> oh yeah. And uh, the last thing I have is, again, we have we now have T-shirts on um, we're T-shirts for sale um, two for 30 or one for 20. They are a lap of luxury. If you are a person who likes tan or earthy colors, it'll fit right in. Also, if you are in the military, you can wear it underneath your uniform. It's a pretty comfortable shirt. Um yeah, I gotta get better at my pitch, I guess, if you will. 
No, I mean these uh these kind of sell themselves. It's uh convenient and we obviously appreciate uh the patronage if you're able yeah. to support. So for sure. Um well, and we're we're planning on getting more swag out there. Um I know a lot of people request if there's a piece of swag that you're particularly looking for, please uh let us know. And if you have any design ideas or something, let us know also. Um I think the next batch uh, after we sell is probably a, l- a little bit different design just so people can have something different. But everybody likes having a little di- something different underneath their their uh, uniform instead of having just a straight up tan tee or a coyote tee. You have like a little bit of little rebellion in you. <laughs> and uh, we're looking into Dice actually brought up. We're looking into Zaps and I'm trying to get some promotional codes from different uh, companies. So if there's a yeah. company you are particularly want, let me know. Um, yep. Right now, I've, I've been looking at Dollar Shave Club and trying to get interest from them because I think a lot of military people use them. So, yeah. All right. We will uh, talk to you next time. Yep. See you. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individuals and do not reflect the official policy or position of any agency of the U.S. government.